You have arrived at your destination. Mitch. Yes? What's that noise? I hear it. Are we hearing something? Off in the distance. That's right. It's a Hearing Voices episode of the Animation Destination Podcast of Rob Paulson. Right here on Animation Destination. Woo! Destination Podcast, an animation celebration podcast. I'm your host, resident cartoon junkie Brennan Jones, and I'm here with Mitch Harmon. Hello. All right, Mitch. So today, uh, you were here with me the last time we did one of these. Oh, yeah. uh, Which was Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, man. uh, The Hearing Voices edition of (laughs) Animation Destination. Uh, One of my more favorite formats that we kind of collectively do here. It is a lot of fun. You Uh, get to uh, uh, learn something new every time we uh, we do this. When I say every time, I mean this is our second time. The second time. I learned a lot about Mark Hamill in the first one, though. It's true. It's true. He did a lot of stuff and uh, a lot of great uh, content that we're going to be throwing at you here. Today, uh, it's going to be really fun talking about Rob Paulson. He's one of my all-time favorites. I have a fun little factoid about Rob Paulson and an integral uh, personal thing uh, that he, as an actor, portrayed onto me as a child. So, yeah, very. Right. And, and we'll get to that, though. We'll get to that. Um, but uh, unlike other episodes, Mitch... Unlike other episodes, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be doing... I know I said I was doing this last week. I apologize. It's not this week, but I was going to do an anime review every uh, yeah, week yeah, yeah. instead of an animation recommendation. I'm skipping that for this week because uh, I have a special thing. Uh, but also, no news today. What we have today, uh, I was able to sit down uh, via Skype. I didn't sit down with him, obviously. He lives in New York, so I can't <laughs> yeah. do that. But with Rick Unger... Uh, Former president of Marvel Productions, yeah, and a creator of Biker Mice from Mars, <laughs> yeah, uh, Rick Unger. Um, so I was able to sit down with him, and I had a wonderful interview with him. And we're gonna play that for you guys right now because it even ties into this whole thing. Because as you know, Rob Paulson played uh, Throttle on Biker Mice from Mars. So uh, uh, Rick Unger and Rob Paulson are actually still good friends. So he's got a little bit of stuff to say about that old uh, Rob Paulson as well. Uh, I throw that in there, but uh, please sit back and enjoy our Hearing Voices interview with Rick Unger. Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Jones, host of the Animation Destination podcast right here on the DNN, and we have with us a very special guest today, Former president of Marvel Productions, longtime animation producer and writer, and the creator of Biker Mice from Mars, Mr. Rick Unger. Hello, Rick. Hey, Brandon. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, thank you again for being on this podcast. Just want to throw that out there. And uh, so, uh, basically, uh, I have some questions for you, and we're just going to get right into them. Uh, Mr. Unger, uh, you became president of Marvel Productions in 1991. Yeah. Uh, that was the animation studio, I believe, that they uh, ran under was Marvel Productions. And uh, uh, there isn't much to your portfolio listed prior to this. 
There's uh, a reason for that. <laughs> yeah. So I was just wondering, was this your first step into like significant animation credits or anything? Or like what, what were you doing prior? Just pushing, well, <laughs> pushing a snowplow? Yeah, you know, I did what I had to do to get by. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I believe it or not, I began life as a lawyer. Oh, okay. Uh, I used to be entertainment in attorney and I found that I thought my clients were having more and I could do what they did. So I just decided that's what I do. I become a writer. Um, What got me to Marvel, interestingly, I had created Biker Mice from Mars by then. And I I was out trying to sell it. And the person who was the president of Marvel at that time did not want to buy it. But he had a boss. And his boss and I knew each other, and he thought it was a great idea. Okay. So uh, it was a Thanksgiving time, I remember, and I get a call from this gentleman, mm-hmm. uh, and he says, come have lunch with me. So I do, and he said, uh, you know that guy that was running Marvel that you didn't like very much? I said, yeah. <laughs> he said, well, how would you like to, actually, if we can use the language, he said, you know, the guy you thought was an asshole. <laughs> I went, yeah. He says, how would you like to be the new asshole? I said, you want me to run it? He said, yeah. <laughs> I said, well, that could be okay, but don't think I'm just going to give you biker mice from Mars in the deal. He says, no, 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 no. We'll make an arm's length deal on that. So I'm thinking, uh, hmm, let's see. I get to be president of the studio and executive producer of the project that I pretty much own most of. Yeah, I think I'll go do that. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So the guy didn't like your pitch, so you just took his job. Exactly. (laughs) Say no to me. It's never a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's phenomenal. Uh, So basically, you were uh, for for, during that time, you were executive producer for uh, Marvel properties such as X Men, Iron Man, Incredible Hulk. Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, X-Men Evolution, all throughout that run. Um, uh, were you like a, a fan of uh, the Marvel brand, or was this just uh, like more of an executive decision to get you on because you were trying to pitch your show? Or It was kind of both. When I, okay. You know, it's interesting. Most people who end up at Marvel are, are comic book geeks. Mm-hmm. I actually wasn't. I liked comic books when I was a kid, but what I was was a cartoon geek. Right. I... Uh, I used to come home from school every day when I was a kid, sit down in front of the TV to watch Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> and my mother would come in every day and say, turn that off. Go do your homework. It didn't occur to her. I was doing my homework, and it would have a pretty happy ending. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I've, I've, I constantly refer to myself as a cartoon junkie. I've seen yeah. uh, just yeah. about everything. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, um, added responsibilities came in 1992. Uh, for New World Family Filmworks and uh, the New World Action Animation. Uh, were those acquisitions to Marvel um, or subsidiaries of any kind? Because I can't really find that much was, on those. That was actually politics is what that was. Oh, okay. Uh, what happened was my now very good friend, Avi Arad, uh, had okay. come, he had come into the mix. Uh, long story, uh, basically Marvel had bought a toy company that he owned a big piece of. Mm-hmm. He had come into the mix, and he and I were kind of butting heads over animation. Okay. So we weren't, we weren't as friendly then as we are today. <laughs> uh, so uh, what they did was they didn't want me to go away, so they divided it up into two. And, and Avi became the president of Marvel Productions, and I became the president of New World Family Filmworks. Oh. New, New World at that time, the way it worked was there was Marvel 
the Marvel that you know, and there was New World Television. Ron Perlman owned both of them. Oh, wow. So the Marvel Productions, the television unit, was actually under New World, not Marvel. Right. So it was just all politics yeah. is all that was. And for the audience, Ron Perlman, not the actor, the guy no. who's pretty no. much succinct for uh, kind of hitting uh, the comic book industry with a lot of uh, with a lot of uh, downturn in the 90s, actually. No, uh, no comment. He yeah. was nice to me. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> that, that, that's what he's best known for. I didn't want to throw him under the bus or anything. I'm just stating that that Ron Perlman, not the actor. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, in and then in 19, after you've already become president of the, sh- of the of the company, somehow your show got produced. No, no, no. An amazing coincidence. It's weird, right? No, in fall of 1993, Biker Mice from Mars uh, debuted in the U.S. and England. Uh, it lasted for three years in its first syndication run. Uh, had a toy line, comic books, uh, a critically successful video game by Konami uh, for the Super NES. Uh, I, I was going to ask the question I was like how you say critically successful, meaning it didn't sell very much. Well, I, I couldn't find the sales figures, actually. It, so, it was yeah. really weird. All the Biker Mice yeah. products around the world really did well yeah. for some reason. And I'm with you. I actually liked the game. Um, right. it, it did not sell that much. It didn't, no. And I remember it's, it, it was interesting because I remember playing it. I remember it being very fun. And then I looked it up. Uh, and through the course of this interview research, and uh, the Metacritic scores are actually pretty good. It's like four point five out of six, uh, or four point five out of five uh, for a lot of these for a lot of the crit- uh, critiques for it. So it did real well critically. It just didn't sell. Never know why that happens, but it happens. So uh, my next question was, uh, what was it like? To, <coughs> what was it like to pitch that idea? Since you were already president at the time, that you know that. Uh, but like prior to that, I guess, like what was it like pitching an idea like biker mice from Mars? It was really hard. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Nobody really knew me in the I, I was producing live action TV shows at that mm-hmm. time. I actually had two shows I was doing on the on the Fox News, uh, not news, Fox uh, TV network in the early days. Sure. So but nobody knew me in animation with good reason. I hadn't really done anything. Right. So uh, it was very hard. I remember I had uh, some very clever artists make three maquettes of the biker mice for me. And I would carry this box around and try and talk people into doing it. Uh, and it was tough. I was very lucky that the whole Marvel thing happened. And, you know, there's a, the gentleman I was talking to who was the asshole's boss, uh, Bob <laughs> Peters. Uh, thank goodness Bob Peters got it, or who knows if it ever would have happened. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. All right, that's awesome. Uh, let's see. Uh, the show aired internationally uh, through through syndication, uh, including YTV in Canada, both in England and French channels, uh, the United Kingdom, Ireland, and Finland. Um, and still the best selling toy in the history of Finland. Yeah, yeah, that, that's interesting because the the, the Finnish uh, dub is actually very easy to find online. Uh, it's very <laughs> prominent, and I was just it's very odd that Finland became like this big uh, <laughs> shot for it. Well, it was interesting. Biker mice, I, you know, biker mice was successful in the United States, but it was sure. it came out the same year as Power Rangers. Right. So Power Rangers was obviously sucking up a lot of the audience. Uh, you know, if you if you looked at Toy Store figures, mm-hmm. you would find Biker Mice got into the market first, and it was the number one selling toy until Power Rangers came along. Right. And basically what happened here was you would find that when, you know, you remember the Power Rangers would fly off the shelf the, within an hour of when they got put out. So people would come in to buy Power Rangers, and when they weren't there, they'd buy Biker Mice. You know, right, kids right. don't like to leave a toy store empty-handed. No, no, none of them. So, 
overseas, though, it was a very different story. In a lot of the countries, uh, biker mice had a really good head start. And even when pa- Power Rangers would debut, biker mice was beating them in a lot of markets on toys. Wow. So, you know, Europe was really, really a big part of biker mice's success. That's amazing. Well, there you go. Uh, so that leads me to my next question, the revival of the show. Uh, which would come in tw- uh, 2006. On my show, it said 2003. I was wrong. I apologize for that. Six. It's 2006. Uh, I, rem- I remember I'm not hear- sue you for that. Okay. I-, I apologize. Yeah, <laughs> you-, you won't. <laughs> you won't get much. I promise. Okay. <laughs> it's like yeah, our- they teach us that in law school. You know, you can't yeah. squeeze blood out of a turnip. Yeah, it's just true. <laughs> uh, uh, I remember hearing uh, the news about that like a month before it started airing, like overseas in Australia and Finland. Uh, how did that reboot sort of come about? Because well, obviously, like it, it was successful in Finland, and that was one of the first markets that it uh, happened. But just it's such a random sort of show that was like it was successful, but just not really one you would expect to see a reboot of it, like you know, like TMNT or something like that. Right. But, right. Yeah. Well, what had happened was a toy company, Preziozzi in Italy, had called me up. I was actually at that time living in Mexico. Oh. Uh, I spent a number of years living in Mexico after I left Marvel. Um, and I had really gone there, tell you the truth, just to play golf, build a nice house, have a good time. Um, and I got bored and within six months I was producing a lot of cartoons from Mexico. So I get a call from this Italian toy company who had made a lot of money on biker mice and they had, they wanted to do it again. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I thought, ah, sure. Why not? It it didn't have a very happy ending, but it was, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some uh, some sort of revolutionary stuff happened during that time, uh, or, or during that during that run. You had a daytime Emmy for an episode, I believe. Um, I don't think I did. I oh, never right. even Not I've you. never submitted myself for an Emmy, but I do remember somebody on the show got an yeah, Emmy. Yeah, the show. I think uh, I think Jim Ward for his mm-hmm. voiceover. Yeah, I believe right. he got it for that. Uh, but it didn't win a daytime Emmy, uh, which is weird because it barely aired here. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, so it's it, uh, this. It, it, it aired uh, had a short stint on Fox Kid uh, Fox's Four Kids TV block, right? right. Uh, and that was its only run in the U.S. Uh, airwaves. Uh, there was a tentative announcement for its return in 2009 for C- CW Four Kids, but. I- if, if that happened, it was without me knowing it. Yeah, I, I don't believe it ever did come to pass. But it was no. like, it was like on their official website. We're coming back in 2009, and it never uh, happened. So okay. uh, interesting. Uh, but yeah, this seemed to be sort of a start of a trend uh, for you for a lot of your later work. Uh, later, you would kind of air it, like a lot of your work would air internationally. Yes, and yes. In some cases, limited release in the USA, uh, but wide success and uh, in other countries. Uh, why is that? Well, I mean, I basically figured out uh, much actually going back to the original Biker Mice that there was a very big world out there. Sure. And there's different sensibilities. You know, I don't know that I've ever had a show that I did that was not successful in the United Kingdom. For right. some for some reason, wow. my brand of humor just connects <laughs> or even even action drama. Legends of the Dragon just ran right. forever in England. Right. So. I don't know why that is, but I realized that, uh, and, and I guess I should say this, I was never in the business for the daytime Emmys. I was always in the business for toys and T-shirt revenue. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, mean, 
I don't deny that. Sure. Uh, and, and you could do great in Europe. So uh, I would make shows that would play fantastically in Europe. Sometimes they would get here. Sometimes they wouldn't. But my model was just kind of reversed. Instead of the U.S. being my launching point and then Europe would follow, Europe would always be my launching point. And then if the U.S. picked it up, that would follow. Wow. There you go. That's, uh, you mentioned uh, Legend of the Dragon, uh, Zorro Generation Z. Uh, Dork Hunters from Outer Space, uh, which I actually actually have the DVD of that. Uh, (laughs) uh, Blake Double Identity, uh, they're all things that uh, saw basically barely any release uh, over here in the West, if any, uh, that I'm aware of. Uh, I think a few pilot uh, movies sort of aired over here in DVD releases. Yeah, that could be. Legend of the Dragon had a small run on Netflix for the full yeah. series on Netflix yeah. and some DVD releases like Dork Hunters, which I own, uh, <laughs> uh, which is, you don't, you don't even want to know how I came up with that one. I mean. Right. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> a, a, a small world story, actually. Uh, one of my best friends, uh, Dash Tevis, he owns a restaurant in Thailand. His cousin actually was the voice actress for, uh, Ali on that show. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, so weird little short, small world we live in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what uh, what became? Uh, I was going to ask what became of these productions. You pretty much answered that already. Um, but uh, Blake Double Identity, that one uh, kind of caught my eye years ago because there was this thing coming out. I bought Dork Hunters, and I was and I just like to keep track of things. It's my weird obsession. Um, and I I found I think a, a two parter uh, pilot of Blake Double Identity. <laughs> Was that show ever fully produced at all? If it was, it was without me. Um, Yeah, I think we did that two-parter, I remember. I got got to tell you, this sounds terrible, but after a point, you kind of start to forget them. Um, I think think we did that two-parter, and then if it was made, I think I had... That was about the time when I was leaving the animation industry and getting involved in something very, very different. Right. right. So I, I don't think I was involved with it after that. Gotcha. Well, all right then. Um, so uh, I don't know. There, there's something to be said about a lot of the characters that uh, you created for Biker Mice. Uh, you know, um, I absolutely love uh, cer- certain characters. From- Charlie is one of my favorite female protagonists uh, yeah? from my <laughs> childhood. Right. Uh, probably because I had a childhood crush on her, but. <laughs> but uh, it just, I think we should talk about that. That's uh, uh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, I I'm pretty open air on this place on this <laughs> thing. So, uh, but uh, Throttle was kind of. Uh, I think he was kind of the. Uh, my friends and I would talk about this when we were young because we wa- we watched pretty much all those things. We watched Team and T, Street Sharks, Biker Mice, and Throttle was kind of always the favorite. Right. Uh, he was voiced by Rob Paulson. That's right. Sort of doing a dirty, hairy impression. Uh, when- and, and not by, by accident. You know, the biker mice were based on three characters. Right. Uh, a throttle was Clint Eastwood. Okay. Uh, Moto was, was Haas from uh, Bonanza. Oh, okay. And, um, and Vinny was James Dean. Oh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Just, uh, and you, you know who uh, the bad guy, Lawrence Lactavius Limburger, the big cheese. You know who sure. he was. Uh, was that Trump? It was. He, he seemed he, Trumpian. It seemed, it he seemed was, sort of Trump. He was an amalgam of Trump and Ronald Reagan. Sure, sure. Yeah. Who knew that that would come back to be interesting? <laughs> very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, but yeah, Rob Paulson uh, is uh, what this episode that this interview is attached to is, about, is uh, all about. Uh, so I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you if you uh, were still in contact with him or yeah, have you had any good stories about Paul, about Rob? Cause let, me, let me tell you the truth about Rob Paulson. Sure. 
Okay, Rob Paulson, yeah, I know. He's like the greatest voice actor in the world, all <laughs> that stuff. But you know what he really is? What is he really? He's the best writer I think I've ever come across. Really? And it was amazing. I would write a script or somebody else would write the script. We'd go in the studio. And by the time that episode was recorded, it would be, no kidding, twice as funny and with all different lines. Wow. And it was all because of Rob Paulson making this stuff up as he would go. Wow. And I can't tell you how many times I went to Rob and said, Rob, I have to give you a writing credit on this. I really do. I'm not just being nice to you. I have to do it or it's dishonest. He'd say, don't do it, please. Wow. He wouldn't let me do it. He thought it could hurt him uh, in, in, in terms of his voice work. And so, okay, I'm not going to do it if he doesn't want me to. But he is such an amazing ad-libber. I have never come across anybody in animation or in live action or anywhere who can ad-lib like he does. He's hilarious. Wow, that's amazing. I listened to his podcast regularly when he, uh, when he was doing it before uh, the medical thing came down. Um, but I, I listened to it all the time. He never mentioned that he would do so much improv or rewrites on, and on his work. he never does. He won't do it. He won't wow. say and, and, you know, I mean, we're funny. Writers are very funny. We don't like you messing with what we wrote, sure. right? Sure, yeah, obviously. With Rob Paulson, it was an open door at all times because it would come out way better. There was just no getting around it. Rob was way funnier than I was. Wow. And, and he was just incredible. Now, in terms of some other stuff, I got a demo reel that you would pay a lot of money for because it's Rob Paulson doing all of his characters in a very inappropriate way. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, you, should, you should really sit on YouTube sometime. Maybe. I would never do it to him. I love the guy. I really awesome. do. Rob is one of the coolest people I've ever known. Fantastic. That's great to hear. Uh, I, uh, so you're out of the animation business now. As of, I am. Yeah, as of 2013, I think the last thing you worked well, on. I, yeah, I did something um, while I was – I work in the – I actually have a radio program. I'm a political analyst right. uh, over at Sirius XM, and I, I'm actually the liberal over at Fox News. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but uh, my friend Avi Arad prevailed upon me to executive produce Pac-Man with him. Right. Yeah. So that. I I did do that. Um, couldn't I just? Well, the money was just too good. You know? Right. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. So, uh, that's <laughs> but I, I think that's the last one you'll see from me. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the last one was Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures, the yeah. 2013 CG animated uh, show. Uh, but yeah, and right now uh, you also have a few credits on Forbes magazine. You're doing a lot of political stuff. Now. Well, I am a senior uh, political contributor at yes. Forbes. I have been there for, what, five or six years now. Oh, phenomenal. And my radio program, you, Michael Steele, who is the one-time chairman of the Republican Party, Michael and I do a radio show called Steele and Unger. Every oh. night, I'm going to hype it. It's on Sirius XM POTUS channel at 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. And we kind of we kind of do politics a little differently. We don't scream and shout. We don't yell. Amazing. We, who, we who like each other. Who'd have thought, right? Who, who, who would have thought that that was possible? It's and amazing. I, Happily, the show has turned out to be extremely successful, which we appreciate. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, as I say, I do a lot of uh, talking head stuff, or as I say, I talk out of my ass for a living now um, <laughs> over at Fox and a few other places. Sure. Ph phenomenal. That sounds great. Uh, got your plug in, which is great. I was going to ask yeah, you to plug stuff. How to do that. All right. So do you keep a close eye on animation anymore? Is there just like anything you kind of look at? or uh, To be honest, no. And, no. You know, I have to tell you, I've got a pattern in my life, uh, and that is once I finish doing something, mm -hmm. 
I kind of finish it. Right. Uh, yes. So, and I lose interest. And I love, absolutely love being in the animation business. I, I am so unbelievably thrilled that I got to do that because it was something I always wanted to do. But once I finished it, I kind of finished it. Right. So, you know, I'll watch something every now and then. I've got grandchildren, so I kind of keep up with what's happening through them. I'll watch TV with them. Sure. Um, but, uh, no, I'm really not connected much anymore. Sure, sure. Do you have any favorite shows you watch with your grandchildren? Anything that stands out? Uh, they love um, Peppa Pig. Okay, yeah, Peppa Pig. That's a huge I, one. Yeah. I like it, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of the names. Oh, um, what's the one with the tiger? Uh, Daniel? Daniel, yeah. My mm-hmm. grandson loves that show. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm picking up a bunch of that stuff. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Uh, one final question before we uh, be on our way here. Uh, if you had the urge to come back uh, if, and if you could reboot any animated show, uh, what would you choose to fire back into? Oh, clearly, clearly Biker Mice. Look, Biker, Biker Mice changed my life. It really did. Sure. Um, and I have just – and, you know, I get such a kick I, every day. I hear from a Biker Mice fan every day, uh, and, and I get such a kick out of it. You know, there's, there's nothing like coming up with a silly idea <clears throat> that you find out has that kind of impact. Um, and it's just a play. I, I, I got to tell you, I get recognized a lot from being on TV now and being on the radio, and that's all very nice, but nothing like when somebody finds out that I was Biker Mice. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's it's still the greatest feeling in the world to me. That's so cool. That's so awesome. I uh, animation has touched us all, and it, it has. It's a very very cool thing that uh, you were able to do that throughout your uh, at one point in your life. Uh, basically, take a guy's job and make it and make your own show. <laughs> hey, listen, I don't, I don't uh, know what happened to him, but I hope. Oh, sure. Should be nicer to people trying to sell you something. Sure, yeah, I agree. I agree. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, but that's it, I think, for this edition uh, on the hearing. Yes, absolutely. Uh, this has been uh, Hearing Voices on Animation Destination. Rick Unger, thank you so much for being on this with us. Uh, and I have to, I have to be, I have to humble you a little bit here because uh, oh. honestly, uh, I, I did not push for this interview. I basically tweeted out uh, one thing, and you came on. And said you would like to do an interview with me. So <laughs> that's right. It is incredibly humbling that you would take your time to be on my dinky little podcast. No, listen, I don't get a chance to talk about this stuff much anymore, and I still enjoy talking about it. So sure. this was fun for me. Phenomenal, fantastic. Well, maybe we'll have you back on uh, at some point. Anytime, man. Anytime. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rick, uh, for being on it with us. It was an honor to speak with you today, and uh, you have a good morning. You too. Man, that's a good interview. It was good. I liked it. He is good at (laughs) – he was such a fun interview, and I know I said at the end of the interview, but he was very gracious about that whole thing. Uh, He contacted me after that little time that I mentioned, like, I'd like to interview Rick Unger sometime. (laughs) Yeah. Never in my wildest dreams did I assume that I would – uh, actually get to do actually it. get it get to do it or that he would even hear that podcast uh i tweeted out to him he saw it listened to it and said that he would love to i never even pushed for it so the fact that he was willing to come on my dinky little podcast and have some fun talking about his cartoon roots uh and everything and uh once again go go check out his uh go check out his serious xm uh radio show steel and Unger. go check it out if you like politics i don't know uh, but anyway, uh, moving on to our topic, 
of the day, Mitch. Yeah. Which is Rob Paulson. Oh, man. Robbie Paulson. Old Rob. Uh, prominent actor, prominent voiceover artist. Uh, Doing it for quite a while, too. Long time, since 1983 was his first job. 1983, the year before I was born, he was doing voice acting. That's crazy. Yeah, crazy. Um, But yeah, Rob Paulson, uh, and uh, podcast host as well, Rob Paulson. He has a podcast called Talking Tunes with Rob Paulson, uh, where he interviews his his voice acting friends, and uh, they just chat and jabber about uh, things and... All sorts of stuff. You should definitely go check that out. It's a fun time. Um, it's, it's on iTunes. It's been on a bit of a break recently, um, but uh, it's coming back and maybe doing some tours as well. So might get some shows around here. Come to Louisville, Rob. No. Uh, <laughs> but, seriously, but seriously. Uh, just, as if Rob Paulson's listening to this. But anyway. Um, well, I don't know. Rick Unger did. I was going to say Rick Unger. Rick he, Unger did. I don't know. Be like, Yo, Rob, you got to <laughs> listen to this guy. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's... that's <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great, though, wouldn't wait, it? That'd be I mean, awesome. Way, way to boast my ego. <laughs> way to boost my ego there, but that's fine. Uh, but no, Rob Paulson uh, is a self-proclaimed a singer who decided to become an actor. Uh, he was born in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, he sang for choir and performed in plays at uh, in uh, grammar school. Uh, and his idol was actually Gordie Howie of the Detroit, Detroit, the Detroit Red Wings. Really? Uh, he wanted to grow up and be a hockey player. That was his first uh, <laughs> deal. But then, so, so entertainment was a secondary thing for him. Yeah. But uh, he fell right into that, let me tell you. Because huh. uh, uh, his first uh, work was on G.I. Joe. Uh, I think he played Tripwire, a few people on there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of, uh, later on, he played Snow Job. And that was the one that he would play consistently throughout the run of uh, of, G.I. Joe. of G.I. Joe. But that was in 1983. That was his first uh, credited role. And there was a lot of voice acting going around in, uh, you know, in G.I. Joe. There's a lot of characters in that show. Oh, yeah. Tons of characters. Um, they introduce a new one almost every other episode, Exactly. Too. A, lot, a lot of toys uh, oh, yeah. uh, going out around there. Um, but let's let's move on to probably his more uh, prominent role that people really know him from from their childhood, and that's Raphael from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, yeah. the original TMNT. Uh, Raphael, uh, that, that, that voice sar- is like so iconic. Uh, too. Yes, the, the sarcastic. It's before he was even like the tough one. Yeah, you know? he was just the sarcastic one. Yeah, that's it, all he was. Does the phrase "go suck a lemon" hold any meaning for you? It's like Michelangelo was like party dude, party dude. and then like Raphael was always just like cracking jokes at everyone. Yes. Would you say that he was cool but crude? Uh, he, cool I but would rude. say he is cool, cool but, but crude. Is it crude or rude? Raphael's cool, but I think it's rude. Actually. I think it's rude. I think it's rude. Cool but, but, rude. but rude. Michelangelo's part. Yeah. yeah, I think it's rude. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, he he played Raphael for all the stint of that original run. Uh, even into the seasons nine and ten, where it all changed and was uh, a little bit different uh, than general. Uh, but yeah, I, here's the thing about Rob Paulson, and here's that little tidbit I teased at the beginning of this podcast. Okay, uh, Rob Paulson is actually the first time that I realized that cartoons were voiced by people. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. These aren't I, real things or I, anything? Uh, the, the reason I say that, uh, well, here's the thing. When I was a kid, 
you know, you don't know how cartoons are. You, you yeah. understand that they're not people. Like, there's something different about yeah, it. Yeah, there's some, some I don't have black lines around my arms. Yeah, it's, it's just there's something weird about it. When you're a kid, you can't process what that is. So I asked my dad, what is it about cartoons? What is a cartoon? What's going on here? And my dad said, it's like a flip book. Because we had flip books and mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, and it was like, oh, and so I got it then. I was like, oh, I get it. Like, I, I like it was instantly as a kid, I, I understood yeah, that. Yeah, it was your moment of clarity. It was my moment of, like, whoa. Exactly, like what a cartoon actually was. Like, okay, yeah, it's like a flip book. They, they go frame page by page and it moves. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. And I got it. I was, it was very, I was, I, was, I was real proud of that. Because I was like, oh, yeah, I get it. Um, I remember, it's weird that I remember that specifically. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, it just one of those questions I remember asking my dad. But then... I didn't really know how, like, voices came out of it, because I'm still a dumb kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then I noticed uh, Gladstone Gander in uh, DuckTales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was also played by Rob Paulson. And I noticed in that episode, in certain parts of it, you know, everything. You know, I'm, I'm a kid. I don't really recognize voices. I can recognize anybody's voice now. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a savant. You got that ear with, for I've it I've got now. that ear for everybody's voice now. Um, but... I didn't realize. I realized at that point that Gladstone Gander was the same voice as Raphael. <laughs> like you hear and, it every once in a while, and it just it just hit me as like, oh my god, they're actors. <laughs> like it was like there is. It just it didn't you know because again I'm a kid. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you're what, a dumb kid. So. I don't know what the process is. I think like oh when they're flipping the book, the voice the sounds come out. I don't know. <laughs> but then it just all sort of hits me. It's like okay, people record it. Uh, and then I think there was a special on Chippendale's Rescue Rangers where they like showed like the backstage oh, okay. like voice acting of like stuff. Like all the behind the scenes. All the behind the scenes had Corey Burton and Tress McNeil there, and it was like okay, cool. Like uh, and so then I started to get as like they record the sounds and they animate over it, et cetera, et cetera. So that was my first time actually realizing that uh, a voice coming from a cartoon <laughs> was a people. It was a person. It was a person. It was a whole other was, human being on the other side of that. Yeah, and that person was Rob Paulson. So thank you, Rob, for uh, clarifying my... Uh, <laughs> he gave you a... My, he did. Yeah. You, a revelation. There you go. Yeah, in, revelation. Uh, uh, an epiphany in the, in the time <laughs> of, uh, of cartooning. Uh, uh, yeah. Children. So the thing about Rob is uh, doing Raphael, and you don't really think about TMNT this way in that regard of the old one, that... He's a teenager. He's playing a kid, technically, yep. in that. And they don't look like kids. They don't really seem like kids. No, they especially just, with the, like, all the muscles they have. Like, I don't know if teenagers have those type of muscles, guys. They, they don't. And it's just like it doesn't come across that they're teens. If they are, they're like 18. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, they're exactly. Like, they're, they're older. They're older ilk. But like, like they're like 15 in those movies, in those they're shows. They're supposed to be, yeah. Like I was say, every other iteration I've ever read is 15-year-olds or 15 16-year-olds. Year yeah, so, uh, but you don't really get that vibe. But Rob Paulson, though, is an older man at this point does pull off the kid voice pretty well because he played Mighty Max. Oh, yeah. Mighty Max. Oh, Mighty Max was my jam. It was. And we talked about this in the 90s 90s cartoon. Uh, But, you know, he... he, I don't know what it is. There's a charm to him. Uh, yeah, and he basically plays the same character in Raphael and Max. I would say <laughs> it, it, it really is. There's sort of like a same character kind of deal. Uh, I it, mean, like his voice is very similar. They're both sarcastic. Yes, it's true. They're, they're both, you know, like they're, they're both like. Now again, Max is more of a party dude. He's more of a Michelangelo. Yeah, all he, he's all close. Minds, yeah, he's closer to a Michelangelo, but it, it's there. I, I don't. I don't know if I'm being just out there with that, but I feel like there's. No, a I, w- bit I would argue that there is a little bit more of a. 
you know, Ra- Raphael was just like, I don't know, he, like, he, he was like a much more tamer version than what we know today. Yeah. Today he's a hot-blooded mess, you know, yes. pretty much. But, yes, he's very angry. Um, the movie version is what solidified that because they actually said, like, Michelangelo and Raphael are too similar from the show. So yeah. we need to, like, beef this guy up, and they made him more like... I would argue it started with the Nickelodeon was... stuff, if anything. Because, uh, um, well, maybe even before that, because you had that... Yeah. I don't want to refer to the Turtles in Time story arc that they had, but... Um, whatever that TMNT the show was, well, like two thousand three, two thousand four. Well, I mean, the mo- I mean the movie though, like the movie itself, like oh, <laughs> the live action movie. We're talking about like the nineties, <laughs> yes, the eighties. That's when they really solidified. Gotcha. Being okay, a, there was a, a light switch dude. that was yeah. off. <laughs> you just got clicked on there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, Michael Bay, whatever you know. No, like, I guess <laughs> the original movie. Yeah. Why would I talk about the I Michael Bay? I don't know. I, I was wondering the same thing, Brandon. I was I mean, like, are we doing I, this now? I don't hate the Michael Bay movie, <laughs> but I. I I certainly am not going to reference that yeah. as a as a key to understanding a character. Like, Fair come enough. on. It's anyway. been a long day for me, Brandon. It has I been a long day. It has been a long day. It's been a long day. We'll get through <clears> this, <throat> though. We'll get through this. But yeah. anyway, uh, you know, it kind of took a little bit of like the, the 90s, uh, hey, dude, kid, backwards hat, skateboarding, yeah. baggy pants. He's a cool kid. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, long shirt, long T-shirt. <laughs> it went down to, like, his knees. It yes. Was, can't believe we dressed like that in the nineties. It was a, it was a style, man. It was. And big baggy jeans, it was, um, yeah. which baggy jeans are still kind of in style today. But That's like, true. but yeah, Max would always wear his hat. Uh, yeah. it, it would be backwards. Yeah. for the most part, I guess you could say. But it's, it's kind of funny because he puts it on right ways at first. And then and he's like, nah, I don't like this, and he just switches around to the backside or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, my Max was like. I don't know, man. Like Ninja Turtles was my childhood, right? But every day before school, I yes. get up early, we get were... my shower, get my food, and then I would sit and watch Mighty Max until while my mom and my sister uh, finished getting ready for uh, work and school and everything. Yep, that we, we had the same deal going on because I would watch <laughs> it every day before going to school. That mm-hmm. was my last show to watch. I was able to watch one ten minute or. Seven minute episode of Garfield and Friends, and then I had to go. There was, oh. Every time I, was, I got to watch the first one of Garfield <laughs> and Friends, and then I had to go. You had to get out. So then when I was sick, whenever I was sick and I got to watch the whole Garfield and Friends, it was like, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good and day. Then, <laughs> and then I would throw up. Yeah, but, you're like, oh, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be a good day. It's not going to be a good day. This is bad. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, because uh, my mom was kind of no nonsense when I was sick. It was like, you're sick. Yeah. So you're not. You're not Shut getting out of down. bed. It's like you're not yeah. getting out of bed. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to. You got to go yeah. to school. Oh, you want to play video games? You yeah. must not be that sick. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's no like yeah. getting around. It's like you're going to sit in bed. But I got to watch cartoons though, so See, that was okay. That, you know, yeah. like, that was. But I always like. I know when I get sick. I know we're getting a little off topic yeah. here, but I would get oh, no. sick and uh, 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 like try to sneak playing video games. I hear my mom coming like turn the TV off real quick and like <laughs> I'm still in bed. I'm oh, like, I'm so sick. Oh, my stomach hurts oh, oh, so bad. But my mom was a nurse, so like she <laughs> she she knew a fibber and a faker. Sure. Yeah. So like pretty quickly, I I learned early on though. It's like okay, maybe if I can get, if I can. Sure. Fake the uh, the thermometer, so it hold it up to the light. <laughs> the light, and I would it's try a light vulture. But I would get too close sometimes, and like yeah. your temperature is one hundred and sixty five. 
you should be dead. And I'm you like, should probably be dead at this. Point. I should go to the hospital, Bob. Then I should probably I don't feel good. Oh, 160 bad. degrees. It's bad. Yeah, it's real bad, Bob. Oh, oh boy. Well, that was a little tangent, but <laughs> yeah. we gotta fill this hour somehow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, a little bit there. <laughs> oh man. But moving on, uh, as as referenced in the interview that you heard, uh, biker mice from Mars. Yeah, yeah. Throttle. Whatever happened to the good old days when the bad guys were all just laser blasters and a, a bad attitude? We had a sort of dirty hairy sound. Yeah, to yeah. Like, uh, like quietly yelling. Exactly. Almost, like whisper exactly. yelling. Or, it's a whisper yell. It's, yeah. it's, it's my, you know, Kiefer Sutherland who yes, mastered that art yes. as well. And I was like, it's the whisper yell. Yes. Uh, it's like, tell me what you know. I'll you know? get you. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it was literally Dirty Harry. That's what he was brought in to, uh, to kind of do. Oh, um, okay. So they, like, uh, when they end the... The specific uh, inspirations, uh, as said in the interview, um, the specific inspirations were uh, Clint Eastwood for Throttle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moto was Big Hoss from uh, Bonanza. Oh, okay. And Vinny was... Uh, uh, oh, man. Uh uh, uh, Dean, uh, James Dean. That's it. James ah, Dean. Yeah, okay. Not, so uh, old Dino himself. Yeah, uh, that's pretty yeah. cool. So that that was the three uh, envision things. So I guess when they got him, it was well, let's do Dirty Harry. You know? Yeah, and that's pretty much what he did. So, and <laughs> it he, worked. And he, it did, and he was sort of the de facto leader of that group. There wasn't really a leader. Yeah, they were more of a team, but like every team has someone they look to in exactly. times of you know duress he, and whatnot. He, he was the guy that would be like, "Biker mice roll out," you know. Like <laughs> basically, yeah. he was the guy that would tell him like, "Right, let's ride." Yeah, it, it was the, I believe it was "Let's ride." I think that was. I think it was. That sounds right. I, I, for, I forget what their catchphrase was. It's been so long. It's they, been a while. I need to go back through and rewatch those episodes. Agreed. I wonder Agreed. if it's going to be like. If it's going to be like nostalgic, like Duck Duck Dodgers it, was, or not Duck Dodgers, Darkwing Duck was, sure. I can re- or like Gargoyles. Yeah. Gargoyles, I rewatched and it's yeah. still amazing. Right. And then I go and rewatch something like uh, I don't like the Ninja Turtles. Like Ninja Turtles. <laughs> it, it's yeah. it's kind of on par with Ninja Turtles, but it's actually slightly a little bit. See, like, that's less, what I feel like. It's it's like a little bit less. It's like the first five episodes of Ninja Turtles. Okay. Like because remember, and then they're like, I'm sure there's like really like terrible episodes. Like they're just oh like, yeah oh, hard to. Watch like in between because it's just it just hasn't aged as well. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. Um. I'm sure it's spectacular. And go go listen to Rob Paulson's work. Yeah. It's, it's always great to go back and listen to his stuff. He does stuff. He does. And and that whole like taking from an actor kind of thing is something that he sort of uh he sort of embraced uh, throughout his entire career. Um. He he. A lot of his voices were sort of taking from certain actors that he. Uh, loved throughout time, and then imparsing them uh, onto his roles. There was um, a few things uh, in Ben Ten. Actually, uh, there was uh, uh, oh, um, I forget the names of the characters. There was two bounty hunters, and one of them was played by Rob Paulson, the other was played by John DiMaggio, and they were like redneck. They had like redneck count, uh, like, uh, like like things. Do they in the like, like the Be- it's like the Beetle Brothers or something like that. And something like, like that. And something they like that. Like drove like a garbage. The, truck yeah, it's like a big like garbage truck, and they had like ju- one jumpsuits and stuff like that. Oh and, my gosh, that is totally yeah. uh, okay. But, so like I'm I'm remembering yeah. those guys. I can't remember but the name. Had, 
He but, had the Gunsmoke character <laughs> voice on that one. Yeah, and like he, it was the guy from Gunsmoke. I forget the actor's name, but uh, he had it was basically that. Like and that's I can, the other dude totally is John DiMaggio. No, oh, yeah, it's, oh yeah, it's John DiMaggio. He had that well, regular, well, brother. Yeah. This is what we're gonna do, you know. <laughs> and like they'd speak in like large, you know, like like uh, uh, parsed terms of yeah. you know, like like of intelligence and stuff like that. But they'd have these real redneck voices. <laughs> it's so, oh my gosh! In that it same, was so great. Exactly. In that same season, uh, he played a plumber that was like a fish dude from another planet, um, and he, a plumber being an actual like agent of like uh, alien hunting kind of a thing, which is what that show uh, thing for the audience. Uh, but his but his voice was very Don Knotts. Yeah, he, he sounded like Don Knotts <laughs> almost exactly, and it's like so he he would do that sort of thing, and uh, I, I kind of love that about him. It just it, the just grabbing snippets from, like, things of, that he remembers as a kid. Yeah. And then, like, imparsing them onto his own roles. Well, and that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a sign of a great voice actor is that... It is. You can recall... A good these, actor in general. Or, actually. yeah, just acting in general, I guess yeah. you say. Not just voice acting, but yeah. being able to recall things from your from your past yeah. and being able to almost, like, make it your own. Yes. In a way. And that's, yeah. that's a very good thing. And Rob... Paulson is definitely the man of a thousand voices. Oh yeah, absolutely. There are tons, tons. of things that guy has done. Yeah, tons and of um, and, and you're, you'll you'll eventually hear those voices lap over sometimes. Yeah, but for a man to have that many different voices, <laughs> exactly. and be able to make so many different sounds out of them, exactly. so many different voices, it's just it's it's mind boggling. Ones that he can't even ones that he can't remember. Yeah, one one of the ones that people like love him to do is uh, is hard drive from. Uh, SWAT cats. He gets oh, like, okay, he yeah. gets requested for that a lot, and he's like, "I have no idea who that character is." It's like, <laughs> I was him for like two episodes, and I recorded it a, you know, decades ago. Yeah, it was so a long it's like, while. Like, so it's it's like I have no idea what that's. I'm sure he's been sent like the sound bites of what he sounds like. Sure, yeah, but, now, but he's just like it. Still, is like I, yeah, it, it didn't it didn't stick with my in my brain. I got so many other voices bouncing around up yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. I remember what hard drive sounds like. Personally. Yeah, of course, because I in, infuse everything to my brain, especially from SWAT cats. Well, I was say SWAT cats is one of those like very small niche group of people who yes. like love that show, but that yes. those. Those fans are just, they're, they're, it, they're diehard. One of my top favorite shows of all time. I absolutely adore that show, and I hope it gets rebooted. Uh, they're trying. <laughs> they're, the creators are trying, I hope it happens. And get Rob Paulson back for Hard Drive. That would be awesome. He'd be like, I'm not really sure uh, how this voice sounds. I'm make a new one. <laughs> Um, that'd be pretty funny. It's a completely different. <laughs> yeah. hey, it's me. It's hard drive. That's not. <laughs> that's not hard drive at all. Weird. I don't know. I like this hard drive. Yeah. Um, some other stuff that he's done. He was on Tiny Toons. He played Foulmouth. Oh. Uh, okay. Do you remember Foulmouth? Yeah, vaguely. But he was on a few episodes. One famous episode that was banned. Really? Uh, he never. Here's the thing. Did he swear? Yes. <laughs> really? That's the. Th- that was the joke. The first episode of Foulmouth. Was that he would like he had a foul mouth, yeah, and he wanted to go out with Shirley the Loon, and so like he like you know Buster's like oh yeah I'll hook you up or whatever so like but but he was basically like the Foghorn Lakehorn like kind of because he wouldn't shut up, uh-huh. but 
they would bleep. Like, it's like the, the first episode. He obviously wouldn't curse. Like, yeah, the thing yeah, is like, yeah. But he would be like, sure, I was a beep, bleep. And it's just like, and like, everybody's like, oh my God. Like, they would just leave the room. Like, oh, they're just so offended by it. But it would just like be filled with bleeps and, oh, it's so funny. That's, that's, that's and, hilarious. I want to see like Gonzo just like, oh, oh fall man. over, pass out. Yeah, it's like Gonzo. He's from, not, not Gonzo. I'm Muppets. sorry. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. I am way off of that. <laughs> Never mind. I don't know. So, I'm calling you out. I apologize. Yeah, no, it's fair enough. It's a long day. Baby Taz, I guess. I I don't know. Some one of them. Yeah, uh, uh, maybe Ham- I think Hampton actually was one of them that fainted. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Like, yeah, the Porky Pig character. <laughs> but no, um, it, it was it was actually banned because like even though they had the bleeps and everything, it was just like it was impartial. It was imparted that he's cursing, so that it, I, it was the weirdest thing because like they censored themselves when they weren't really cursing, but because they censored themselves, they had to censor the episode. It was just bizarre <laughs> that's weird. logic. Yeah, like, that doesn't make much that. sense. Um, but yeah, it was pretty funny. There's a one part where he's like, where Buster's trying to like break him of it, so he straps him to a chair and like basically shock therapies him into not Whoa. Like, like cursing anymore. I know. Well, it's played for laughs. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, as... as as shock therapy can be played. Yeah, I was say, I mean, they um, are literally electrifying this individual, yeah. but... Uh, but it's it's pretty funny, because, like, you know, it's like he's just, like, sitting there, and they're like, yeah, yeah, bleep, 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 bleep. and it's, like, in a chair, and it's like, this is a kid's cartoon. Uh, <laughs> I want to see this episode now. It sounds I, amazing. I remember not getting the concept, because I didn't really watch, like, much censored television yeah. or bleeps or anything, so I wonder what the bleeps were, and my brother had to tell me it's because he's cursing. I was like, oh. oh, oh I get funny. this, I get it. Pretty good. Uh, after that, he did he, he one of the biggest roles that he played. One of the biggest of several roles that he played was to Animaniacs. Animaniacs oh, yeah. was huge for him. Well, and yeah, because he did a ton of voices. He did a ton of the voices, but the main three yeah. was Yakko mm-hmm. Warner. Wait a minute! You expect us poor innocent children to climb up dangerous scaffolding and paint naked people all over a church? We'll do it! The main character of the... Mm-hmm. And some would even think, like, oh, that's just him doing his voice. But it, it really is different. It like, is. Wh- when he goes into the voice, it's like, oh, yeah, it is... Because di- you kind of hear it a lot of in, in his voice. But when he goes into it, he goes way high. He goes a little higher. Yeah. You know, it's like, like he just drank a little helium. You know, it's weird. <laughs> but it's just like... It's it's kind of like when you see... When you hear Batman... Bruce Wayne's voice come out of Batman in On Leather Wings. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, that's that's... Bruce Wayne's voice, <laughs> yeah. not Batman. It's not Batman. It's, yeah. You don't think about it. It's it's why I always just laugh when they have to use like a, a voice modulator in the movies, and it's like just get somebody who's really good. Yeah, just have a good voice actor masking his like voice. You know, uh, get 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 Kevin Conroy, get Rob Paulson to be Batman. Dang it! Get give it Kevin Conroy to be Bruce Wayne. <laughs> In in Batman Beyond movie that would oh, be great. Okay, yes. Wouldn't that be great? That would be phenomenal. He dude. could pull that off, dude. I would love it. I know everyone's uh, like Michael Keaton, and I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. That would be kind of rad. It would be cool, but at the same time, but then you'd get like the whole like, so was the reverse Batman a real thing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> but I think you get Kevin Conroy to do that, and dude, he gets to play Batman on screen. That would be awesome. It'd be so good. It'd be so phenomenal. Oh but, man! Uh, but anyway, back to Rob Paulson. Sorry, yeah. uh, Yakko <laughs> Warner, uh, which was the, the Warner Brothers of Animaniacs, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, also Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. Yep. Enough. The yeah. Fantastic. Everybody. <laughs> the catchphrases. The the the. Um, what are we gonna do today, Brain? Yeah, the bits and uh, what are we gonna do tonight? You know, just the just all the bits and everything. I was like, I think so, Brain, but where will we find a hippo in a swimsuit? You know, just <laughs> nonsense like that. Just yeah. brilliant stuff. Oh, uh, love it. It's taking that like he did a beautiful job of like 
Well, both of them, really. Maurice LaMarche's brain as well. But just, it's the same bit every episode. Mm -hmm. And they somehow crammed it into a, not only uh, 10-minute bit, but half-hour bits later on when they got their primetime show. When Steven Spielberg spun it off to a primetime show. It's like, it's so good. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, one of my favorite ex- one of my favorite exchanges between Pinky and the Brain from their show was uh, was uh, uh, they were talking about Gilligan's Island and Brain's like I've only seen one episode of the Incepted show and Pinky's like Oh I know them all Brain tell me which one is that one where the Incepted fooled Gilligan fooled and uh, ruined it for everyone <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one Brain which <laughs> is. <laughs> Just genius yeah. in its simplicity, and just like okay, oh man, and just the pop culture references in that show were so geared towards our parents. This, yo, absolutely, they're geared like, towards our parents. Like, at the same time, like watching it with adult eyes now, like right. I get a lot of the stuff that I did not get when I was a kid. Exactly, like one of the more uh, like risque. ones. There's some risque ones, yeah. Like the fingerprints up yes, joke. Yes, which I, I don't think so. I, I won't repeat here in context because it's a little bit non PG. Yeah, a little bit. Out yeah. of out of context, it's it's not. But within context, you're like, oh yeah, oh that's what they're um, talking about. Huh? Yeah, the the the, the finger. You can always episode. tell when they, they when they were pushing the boundaries. Yeah, whoever it was, right. it was it was in the bit that goes, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. I, always that's Stuff like whatever that. it was. But yeah. that show was like <laughs> I would argue that show is one of those types of shows that's timeless. Yes, and um and a, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that they could keep. The voice acting to a very minimum because they had such a talented crew exactly. on there. And Rob Paulson is definitely one of those exactly uh, uh, contributors. Yeah, because he also did auto Doctor Auto Scratch and Sniff. That's right, psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah. So it's just just we're just no one like unless you have like a, a keen ear on it, no one would think Yakko and Doctor Scratch and Sniff are the same person. It's yeah. insane, you know. It just but they are it's yeah, the same he, guy. I never knew that until I, I had to look it up in order yeah, to see yeah. like all <laughs> Rob. Paulson's like contributions oh, yeah. to, to oh, Animaniacs, yeah. and yeah. it is it, it's all the way from the main character Yakko, right? And, and uh, you said Doctor Scratch and Sniff and Pinky, all the way down to random guy number fourteen <laughs> in an episode. What like he yeah. was doing everything? Yeah, yeah, it's insane. It's nuts. It, it's pretty crazy. And in fact, uh, he was also the TV Jim Carrey. You could you could even say. Oh yeah, because he was the mask. He was the mask. and the theme song to the mask too. Yeah. Fantastic, because he sang that, and that's really that's actually the theme. That's the, that's the beginning of the theme song of his uh, of his uh, uh, podcast. It starts off with the vast theme. Really? Song. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh man! It's- with my winning smile, I'm a living lesson in flair and style. You just can't help but stare at my that's awesome. Yeah, it's so good. So go check out Talking Tunes if you want to listen to it. And then it goes into like his, uh, you know, Dr. Scratch and Sniff, his Yakko, his Pinky, you know, a lot of that stuff. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then I think a Raphael line where he goes like, uh, where, you know, because they would always, Raphael would always break the fourth wall. It's like, yeah. this is unbelievable, even for a cartoon. <laughs> it's like, that's, like, that's like how it would end. They're like, ah, oh, it's, a, it's a great theme. Go listen yeah, to it. Awesome. It's, it's a fun time. A little loud. A little loud, I'll say that. Like, whenever like the, the theme song hits, it's like... <laughs> Whoa, all right. Just gonna, Hello. Going to turn that down, but still good. Still phenomenal. Um, let's go into his Butch Hartman work. Uh, Butch mm-hmm. Hartman, creator of Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, okay, uh, okay, I think, okay. Uh, Danny Phantom, Tough Puppy, 
A lot of good stuff yeah. for Nickelodeon. Um, ton of stuff. Ton of stuff for Nickelodeon. And really, uh, just those three shows, but Fairly Odd Parents is still going today, even though That's insane. one could argue it's it's it's, it's, done. it's been over yeah. for a while and it needs to go away. <laughs> it's dead and um, she doesn't know it yet. Not to wish Rob any, because uh, he still does voice on it, so not to say like, hey, yeah, I don't I, I, I'd say he's probably doing fine as far as the sure. voice acting work and whatnot. Sure, but uh, on Fairly Odd Parents, he plays Mark Chang, the alien from like the. Do you remember Mark Chang? No, really. I, well, it, see, here's the thing: I never okay, was oh, a really? big Fairly Odd okay. Parents fan. I watched episodes here and there, and I don't have anything okay. against it. Sure. It's just I feel like it was kind of a, one of. The, and I, I say beyond my time, I'm 31 years old <laughs> watching cartoons still, but I, like I never, I just I never got into it at that age. I guess I don't sure. Know. I would recommend going back and watch because there's some funny stuff on that show. Yeah, I've uh, seen episodes. I just never like got like dived into it like I did with sure. like I don't know like uh, Flapjack or yeah, uh, right. well you know I'm trying to think of something from that time that sure, came yeah, out yeah. there but whatever sure. you know a lot of that stuff that around that time like Cow- Courage the Cowardly Dog I never right. really got into no no it's garbage just- <laughs> <laughs> I, I stand by that forever that, and that one's so good okay uh, <laughs> I stand by that forever and always always uh, but no uh, he played Mark Chang who is this uh, uh, that was uh, he he was an alien. Uh, from like this like conquering alien world or whatever, but he was just but he was just, he was like the prince of the world, but he just was like a slacker. So he was just like this really party dude surf guy, <laughs> and he would talk like Michelangelo. And but uh, and it just it's it's a funny character. I don't know. I love Mark Chang. Yeah, but he, he's he, he's a recurring character. He's always on there. It still recurs to this day as well. So uh, no cancellation for Barely Odd Parents, even though it's well past its time. Just my opinion. I don't know. I'm just yeah. saying. Uh, I was like, I'm, I'm certainly saying this as though Rob Paulson's listening to this whole podcast, which I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he might be. You don't know. But anyway, uh, Danny Phantom. Uh, did you ever watch Danny Phantom? I, I, once again, yeah. I think I feel like that was a little bit like outside. I mean, I, Around that, that era. I, another thing is like I never – I didn't really get cable until I was like – right. I had to be like eighteen years old, right? Sure. So like, I didn't, I did not get privy to a lot of like early Nickelodeon stuff and whatnot. Sure. Um, but that's another one of those I've seen bits and pieces of, and yeah. I've, never, I've never like consecutively watched episode after episode of something. That one's pretty fun because it's more of a teen adventure show than a straight comedy. Because Fairly Odd Parents is just absolute like wacky zany yeah. type comedy, crazy stuff. Uh, There's very few like arcs. Exactly. In it. D- Danny Phantom has more like fleshed out characters. There's some budding romance. There's you know all sorts of uh, crazy stuff that go plus a lot of action. But uh, Jack Fenton, which is the father of Danny Fenton, uh, the main character, Danny Phantom, mm-hmm. uh, and I absolutely love like this. That character was like kind of the purveyor of most of the comedy because he was a ghost hunter, and his son's a ghost, so he doesn't, you know. So it's kind of like the whole Spider, like Aunt May hating Spider Man thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but he has this really uh, boisterous, uh, upperly manly voice, you know, like kind of a, you know, just that like a nuclear family father type of deal kind of going on. Uh, I always liked Jack Fenton's voice, and I was like, that's Rob Paulson, because I knew names at that point. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I know that guy. That's Rob Paulson. I know that's Rob Paulson, but that's one of his like upper kind of uh, enchelons, let's say. Mm-hmm. Another one, Tough Puppy. I don't know if you watched this one at all. Uh, no, I, this one I have not seen any of. Probably. this. Uh, the first season of this I thought was real low bar. Got better as it went along. I actually enjoyed it after a while. But anthropomorphic uh, secret agents, let's say. That's exactly what it was. Um, but uh, he played the villain Birdbrain, uh, which was a mimic 
of Jonathan Harris, of all things. Again, pulling back to that whole, uh, pulling back from that whole, like, fandom of, uh, you know, of characters and everything. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Harris, for those that don't know, is Dr. Smith on Lost in Space. Yes, Mm -hmm. young William. You know, that, that, (laughs) that actor, uh, who would later go on and do many, much voice acting, um, he passed away... I want to say near the start of the filming of Tough Puppy, or probably a little bit earlier. So, as tribute, Birdbrain, the um, the evil scientist kind of character or whatever, mm-hmm. the the smart, uh, I think he's a vulture or something like that, uh, was done in the voice of uh, Jonathan Harris. Uh, so he oh. sounded like so it was Rob Paulson doing a Doctor Smith. It's like I'll tell, you this, I'll tell you this, Robbie. You know, I was like, and it's like, well then, I suppose we should. You know, like that whole Doctor Smith kind of deal. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of on mark with my impressions today. I feel. Ah, it's I good. Know, I, I, I have no complaints. Pretty well, you know, there's actually some great stories. If you ever want to listen to some great stories about Jonathan Harris, go listen to that because he tells a few of them a few times. But on his interview with Gray Delisle or Gray Griffin now, mm-hmm. uh, he has a great story about Jonathan Harris and what he said about when he was offered a. Uh, they offered me the rule. Of a talking snow cone, and I was like, and it's like, it's just like, like, I told him I wouldn't do it, Robbie. You know, it's like, just because he would call him Robbie all the time, Robbie. Yeah. Tell you what, Robbie. You know, that was his shtick. I love it. I absolutely yeah, adore it. But, that's pretty uh, good. Yeah, but uh, it's great. Uh, I, I love his work, and even to this day, he's still doing stuff, man. I know. Like I said, Fairly Odd Parents. He's still doing Fairly Odd Parents. That's his. That's his latest credit so far because he's still doing stuff. Yeah. But also, the only person in history. To voice two separate turtles. Yep. He plays Donatello on TMNT. Yes, he does. And he does a good job of it, too. It's amazing, honestly. Because the original, as we said, they didn't come off as teenagers. They didn't yeah. come off as 15-year-olds, at least. Yeah. Uh, if they did, they were just on Roy. Yeah, I know, right? Something's but, going on with those teenagers. But even voice-wise, they just sort of kind of sounded like adults trying to be teenagers. Yeah. It was just, you know, like maybe a directional thing, whatever. The only one that sounded like a kid was Michelangelo. Because, ah, yeah. But even then, he kind of just sounded like an old slacker. Because yeah. <laughs> like, he, he had a like really... A out he had a really deep voice. Oh, bro. Like, you know, yeah, you're right. So, you know. Uh, but it, it's funny because, like, then, even the movies, like, the, not the Michael Bay ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, even the not movies. those atrocities. Even the movies, they actually are, you know, more, like, they, they, they seem older. And they yeah. don't seem like they're teens. Yeah, not at all. Um, but, Team and T, the new version, was very adamant about making them 15-year-olds. I was say, I think they were even at a 14. It's true. So they were very adamant about making them 15 years old, right down to taking April and making her 15 years yeah, old. Yeah, she was well. younger this as well. So they just it sort of like was a little more relatable to that that edge. Very interesting how Rob Paulson translates very well to a 15-year-old when he's the nerdy one. <laughs> I don't know what it's it true. is. It just the, the way he does his voice, it's completely different from anything Raphael did. Uh or that he did as Raphael, but but it, like with uh, so many other things, there are moments where Donatello will say something like, "That's Raphael." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he, like sure. even though it, he it's bit not... me in the face, Mikey. <laughs> it's my favorite line. Of, uh, Donatello. Yeah. Yes, you did it again. Why do you keep grabbing my face? What is wrong with my face? Yeah, like... Just not in the face, man. <laughs> like Leatherhead's always like grabbing him by the right, skull yeah. and shaking him around. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, no. There's 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 moments where it's like. Because, like, uh, one time, um, oh, my gosh, why am I blanking on the show? I love the show. Oh, Wander Over Yonder. Right. Um, oh, man, I can't remember his name, but the Jack, Cap- 
Captain Eyeball, whatever his name is. Uh, Commander Peepers. Oh, Commander Peepers, yeah. Commander yeah. Peepers. That right. is yes. Tom Kenny. And Tom Kenny, yes. And, like, yes. for the longest time, I was like, Who? I know this voice. Who yeah, is yeah. This? And then he <laughs> says he says something, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, that's the Ice King. That's Tom Kenny. <laughs> so, like, we'll, we'll be doing Tom Kenny on air as well. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. yeah, rightly so, too. But, like, there's, there's, there's just these moments mm-hmm. where they have this point where it's just like, that's so and so. I know that person. That's, 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 uh, yeah. We'll be in the shop, mm-hmm. and uh, Brian's uh, little brother Patrick. Yeah. He'll come in, and I'll be watching the Ninja Turtles, and he. Every, it's like it's like he forgets or something. I don't know. Every time he like Donatello's <laughs> on, he's like, I know that voice. Uh, you like, told me about this. I didn't know yeah. it was Patrick. Yeah, <laughs> and it's Patrick every time, and I'm like, <laughs> it's 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 Don, it's uh, Yakko from the Animaniacs. He's like, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> But like one time I said, Rafa, I was like, "Nah, that's not it." I'm like, "Well, that is it." Well, that's, that is it actually. That's, that's really that's, that's who it is as well. We're that's like, totally who it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it but is totally right. It's like every time I got to remind him that's Yakko that's from, yeah, from from uh, Animaniacs. Animaniacs. Yeah. Do, do you blow his brain and say it's also? Yeah. Animaniacs? Every uh, no, I haven't. The next time I will though. <laughs> and Doctor Scratch. I never think about telling him the other ones as well. I just say Yakko. It's all the same. He just freaks out and runs out of the store. Can't handle it. His brain. Breaks. Uh, but I love his work in Team and T right now. Um, he's got some good stuff going on, and it's still going. So uh, yeah. that, again, that show has worked three times. Yeah. Three <laughs> times it has worked. It has. It, it has really been a is. commercial success. Three separate eras. There's so many different toys, and how does that work? And when uh, they just—I uh, don't know who had the rights beforehand. Mm-hmm. But they just sold the rights of the Ninja Turtles. So there are tons of toys and statues. Oh, yeah. And yeah. When Nickelodeon got a hold of that, it was just like, all right. The floodgates were open. Farm it out. It's, yeah. like they, it's like they were like, everything we didn't do with Avatar, we're doing with this. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's, which is the weirdest thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Avatar was pretty successful. Well, now that Avatar's off the air, they're doing it. Like, yeah. It's just like, it's like, come on, guys. Like, what are you doing? You could have done this while it was on the air <laughs> or given it a third show or whatever. Yeah, have a nice thing give it a third show. Uh, have been I would have loved to have seen an Earthbender avatar. Mwah. Yep, it would have been great. Uh, been so good. But anyway, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the the the, the, the not all the works, obviously. Because, sure. Because guess what? He's been doing this since 1983. Not a single year on his IMDb page is not covered. Oh yeah. He has been working every single year since 1983. There might be some lulls every once in a while, but every year he's had work. Every year he's had work and it seemed like it was a con- it was a consistent like beat was like where the he rest ends of one, he's into the other He's one. into other stuff as well. It's not like Jeez. oh he had one role in like 20- 2001. No, it's like several. It's yeah. just, he's never not worked. You know, he's never like it's just it's amazing to me. How many how many actors can really say that? Yeah, no, they, they can say like I've had a role every year since my existence. Or since for my, the, since just, my start. Not even a role, just I've done work, work. consecutively thirty years. Yeah, for thirty years that's I've done a, it consecutively. That's mind boggling. It's amazing, honestly, and you really only see that with voiceover artists and voice actors. Yeah, like you really only do see that because like they have to, you know, they it's a grind and they love doing it. And also, I, I would also say that the uh, ha- the the advantage that voice actors have is that uh, actors will usually it, it's a lot of it has to do with the looks and sure. once the looks are gone sure. it kind of doesn't work the same it, it, anymore. It, if you miscast somebody if somebody looks too old for the role it looks weird it's off as a voice actor, you can play whatever. Yeah, if you're if you're good, you can go from sounding like a kid to Rob, sounding like an old man. I got a, I got a news for you. Rob Pulse is not fifteen. 
But he plays a 15-year-old turtle convincingly. 15-year-old mutant turtle? Yeah. Well, he convincingly. does it very well. Yeah, convincingly. I buy it every time I hear him. Uh, it's great. Um, but yeah, uh, he's never stopped working, and that's kind of amazing. And even then, he's got his podcast, Talking Tunes. Uh, that's insane. Which, which is coming back, by the way. It's been on hiatus a little bit because uh, I don't know if this is really a hot press or not. I know it's public knowledge, technically. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm, like, spilling the beans, because I haven't seen any news outlets. I haven't seen it on, like, Cartoon Brew or It might be something that's relatively news. new, though. It is. It is relatively new, because it was only a few months ago when he made the announcement. But uh, uh, he'd been on hiatus for a little while from talking tunes, uh, and he was undergoing cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was undergoing... Uh, and uh, th- th- I there was no news of this, like, yeah. anywhere in the press. Um, and I don't know if he even wants this being said on this podcast, but I was a patron, so I saw the video. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Um, if, if he wants me to cut this part out, I'll cut this part out. Yeah. If he listens to it, I, I'm still under the assumption that he's listening to it. I'm pretty sure he is. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, <laughs> hey, Rob, don't, how you doing, man? Don't boost my ego like that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but he, uh, he was diagnosed with cancer a few months ago. Uh, I want to say almost a year ago, and he wasn't been it a throat cancer. A throat cancer as well, yeah. yes. Which is you know the irony there. Is, yeah, I know, you know, right? That's mind-boggling. Voice um, acting dangerous. But as of the announcement that he made to his patrons, to his Patreon fans, uh, he has a Patreon for his talking tunes, Rob for uh, talking tunes with Rob Paulson. If you like the podcast, please go there and support it. I do. I give him a dollar every month. Just a dollar. That's all I do. Just give him a buck. Uh, but uh, he made an announcement that uh, as of the date of the announcement. Uh, he was right. I think he was right outside his chemo office, the, the, his doctor's office, just getting his last diagnosis after his chemotherapy. He is cancer free up to this, you know, as of right now. Awesome, which is fantastic. It's that is phenomenal awesome. news. You never, and he even said like you're never out of the woods with this kind of thing. Sure, you never know when something like that might come back up. Mm-hmm. But we're monitoring it, and as of right now, no cancer in his system. And honestly, with is, today's technology, as long as you are getting tested, yes, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You know, it's like maybe it's, in the later days, that's what takes you. Yeah, but but that's going to be when you're in the later days. Something else might take exactly. You. If, it, <laughs> if it ain't cancer, it's going to be your heart or your <laughs> brain or something's going to give out. Yeah, so it, it ain't like biblical times when a plague of locusts will <laughs> snatch you up when you're forty, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. well. There goes Bob. <laughs> Midlife is twenty back in those days. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Like, but uh, no, he was—he seemed to be in very good spirits. Uh, he was visibly thinner, I think. Yeah, uh, I've, like, I've you know, I was like, looking at some pictures on IMDb, and yeah. it, he has lost a lot of weight. Yeah, which is he's not, always been a skinny yeah. guy, anyways. But exactly, like, he's never been overweight at all. But, yeah, but, uh, he's, but he's he but he sounded great. That was the one thing. You know, that's obviously like a great thing. He oh, yeah. sounded perfect. He sounded beautiful. Uh, and he even released a. Uh, they're doing the anniversary for Animaniacs coming up. Uh, it's a live event. I forget where it is. I will put that information in the links below, I think, because uh, I actually think that that's pretty cool. But he did a little uh, soliloquy to the, the Animaniacs theme on his uh, social media recently. So it's like, well, he can still sing. Yeah. So, you know, he's doing well for himself. Uh, and it's really great uh, to hear that, you know, he's cancer-free, all that jazz. I know. Stuff. That's that's the big yeah. thing is knowing that he's going to be around now for a yeah. lot longer doing a lot of great voices. Exactly. Because it was a little bit weird that he just kind of said... I just assumed he was working. Like, yeah. there was no, like, perception that he had any sort of health problems for me because he kept it really private. And again, sorry if this is not supposed to be public knowledge. <laughs> yeah. But it was on the internet and I was a patron, so I don't know. So, um, 
So well, he um, wanted some people to know. So exactly. Might as well yeah. Go ahead and let I'm everyone saying, know. But it, it was really weird that nobody launched that like as like a thing on their news sites. That's or true. Because he yeah. didn't, and he didn't say like explicitly like, "Hey, this is private. Don't say there anything." Because he made an announcement. So I would assume that you know he wanted people to know somebody. So, yeah. You know. So uh, so Rob Paulson beat cancer. Take that. Yeah. And, in your face, cancer. Yeah, and the doctors too. I would. Yeah. Imagine. Thanks a lot, docs. <laughs> you know. I would imagine. But I, I, I'm pretty sure it's it. because he played Pinky in Animaniacs that he overcame. Cancer. You know, I would say he's had such phenomenal voice control. I'd say he pushed the cancer, his throat cancer down. <laughs> <this phenomenal voice. laughs> That's what it was. That's what happened. All those, all he's, those years of using them throat muscles, he it just shoved it shoved out. Shoved it of him. out of him, and she, he sang it away with, uh, with Yakko's World. <laughs> yeah, there you go. United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, uh, Peru. I love that song. It's a good song. It's and good song. also when he does all the the, the capitals of uh, state. That, that's Wacko. That's, oh, that's right. That that's, Jess Har- that's Jess right. Harnett. Yes, You're right. That's Jess Harnett that does that one. And I know that whole thing. I'm not going to do it here. Uh, but I know. <laughs> Maybe I, on the Animaniacs I, uh, episode you will. I, I take that back. I used to know the whole thing. I still know a lot of verses. Yeah. And if I heard it again, I'd be like, I could sing it. you get the music. We'll get, you know, I, I get, get back the music for you or something I, like that. I, and I get, get you rolling in, on it. Get back into it. But that's. It for our talk about Rob Paulson and all the good stuff that he's done. And many, many more that we haven't even mentioned. Haven't even mentioned yet because he hasn't done it yet. Because <laughs> guess what? He's still working. <laughs> like He's still doing stuff. It's true. Oh, man. Uh, you know, it, it's pretty great. I, I always love hearing his voice somewhere. Uh, you know, he does Disney stuff. He does, uh, he never does anime, interestingly enough. Uh, hmm. Yeah. He barely does video games, too. The one video game cast that he has... Not one, but I think one of the only ones was he was uh, the the cyber ninja in Metal Gear Solid. Oh, really? Yeah, that was that was <laughs> and that was even recasted, I think, in the remake, oh. like the the, re, the revisioning. <laughs> that's what else to do it. Yeah, so I think that's like his only voice acting credit for that because he's very because he's union actor, so he does uh, a lot of the voice acting in animes and stuff. Non union, it's up in Canada a lot of the times. Yep. So a lot of it's non union work. So he doesn't really do that that often. So. Because uh, it's not really often a union job. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Typically, only like Miyazaki movies and like Disney productions, yeah. you know, stuff like that. That's the only time it's a union job. Um, but yeah, uh, that's that's Rob Paulson's work, man. That's what he's done. That's what he's done in this time. Did you great. learn some things about Rob Paulson? I did. I, I have to say that uh, he, he's. I already knew he was a well eclectic uh, voice actor, <laughs> but to to to, to think. To know that he was Ace Ventura, I don't know. I'm st- <laughs> it's still like, no, that's not. His. It is him. That is him. It's it might, crazy. I, I, I think I'm dead right on that. If I'm not, I, I'm. Well, I know. I I'm know you're right about the mask. Yes, I know, I'm, absolutely know you're right about that. Well, I know that one too. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I know that one too. Yes. Uh, Hands that, down, we know definitely. for sure on that one. But it's the Ace Ventura one that we're that's in the. He uh, was Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Yes, but he was. That is insane. <laughs> yes. Because he was, because, uh, yeah, because there was actually, uh, no, wait. Oh my goodness, he wasn't. Oh, what was oh, he? Oh no. Was he in it though? He was Stanley Ipkiss the Mask in this crossover episode. Oh. I was completely wrong. Oh no. Oh no. I will edit it out. What have I done? <laughs> no, I'm not editing that out. I, uh, so I don't have to correct myself next week. That, uh, he was not Ace Ventura. You are correct yourself uh, here. So yeah. But he was Stanley Ipkiss the Mask. The Mask. Uh, from. Uh, the mask. So there. Uh, so yeah, it's cool. We, we both learned something about Rob Paulson. Exactly. Yeah. I learned he wasn't Ace Ventura. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought he was Ace Ventura. Was? Wasn't. No, he wasn't. I could have swore he was Ace Ventura <laughs> in the Pet Detective cartoon, but he wasn't. Uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, that's it for our episode, Mitch. 
you can check out Mitch and uh, some other stuff on the Destination. I've got a couple of things. As a matter of fact, I got the uh, yeah. wonderful podcast, uh, Bagged and Bearded, where we yes. talk about all things comic books. It's we true. just did one on Luke Cage, actually. Power Man yes. himself. Power Man himself. Uh, one of my favorite heroes. I love street level heroes. And, yeah. and to be able to sit down and do Power Man, which was like, yeah. he was the first black uh, superhero, but he was the first, like, I, I want to say, like, um, maybe like inner city right, uh, yeah, black yeah. superhero because sure. and him dealing with all the social issues that were arise of, of, of at that time is just, time yeah it's just it's an amazing character and and Agreed. he he can rock a tiara with the best <laughs> of a man Agreed. um and then I also have every week I have these uh, uh, t- uh, it's the Tuesday it's part of this uh, Tuesday shipments but it's the uh, Mitch's picks yeah. where I pick five books out that are coming out of the uh, of the comic world that week and yep. I sit around and review them and give you a, I try to keep it around ten to fifteen seconds on each one sometimes sure. I tend to blab a little bit on some of them but no that's only because <laughs> I love my comics so much ah. but yeah you can find that on our destination uh, Facebook page and then the mm-hmm. uh, of course the uh, bag and bearded you can find on iTunes. Stitcher, yep. all that great stuff. All that good stuff. And this has been the Animation Destination Podcast. Uh, you can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, all that jazz. All of it. Uh, but also on social media, uh, on Facebook at Animation Destination, at Animation Pod on Twitter, um, as well as AnimationDestination.com with all of our written reviews. But always check out DestinationComics.com where the podcast is at. Uh, if you want to check out that area as well, because there's lots of good podcasts on DestinationComics.com. Many, many more. Many, many more as well. But that's it for this week. Next week oh. is Bad Movie Month. Oh, Bad Movie Week. Boy. Here on Destin and Animation on uh, DNN. Not just the DNN on in DNN general. In yeah, general. We're all doing one. And ours will be Cool World. Oh my God. Yes. I know you're doing Cool we're World. We're doing Cool World next week. <laughs> but that's it. For this week of Animation Destination, we'll see you next week. Stay tuned! Thank you for listening, DNN.